Centero Speaks. In this segment of our parenting mini-series, health educators explain how parents can help their children make healthy choices and discuss consent and other important topics in an age-appropriate manner. I'm your host, Mariah Beidelman, and I'm joined by Julie Doucette and Ashley Miller from Centero's Healthy Bodies, Healthy Futures Prevention Program. Julie and Ashley, welcome to the show. Thank you for taking your time to speak with me today. Yeah, thank you. Julie, please tell our audience a little bit about the Healthy Bodies, Healthy Futures program. Healthy Bodies, Healthy Futures is an all-inclusive, comprehensive sexual health education program. It's designed to empower youth. Um, Since we believe that adolescents have a right to obtain medically accurate, age-appropriate, evidence-based sex info, we really believe that this information can improve people's lives by teaching them skills that will help them make healthier choices now and in the future. We have a curriculum that has been made for middle and high schoolers, but we also work outside the classroom with youth um, throughout Franklin County. The current districts that we are in are Hilliard, Dublin, Worthington, Westerville, Southwestern, Grandview, Columbus City, private and charter schools, universities, and then other community programs. The content that we typically cover um, in schools are going to be reproductive anatomy, healthy relationships, sexual orientation, gender identity, consent, pornography, STIs and testing. For high schoolers, we do cover effective reversible contraceptive methods to help them avoid unintended pregnancies and STIs in the future. And although we do kind of talk a little bit about puberty in high school, we definitely give much more focus on puberty for middle schoolers. Also, our curriculum teaches skills on how to be what I like to call proactively abstinent. So what that means is that we focus on building communication skills, exploring student values, setting boundaries and expectations, and how to say no to someone um, when they're pursuing sex, even though maybe their body wants to say yes. So how can they actually remain abstinent? So unlike other programs that are out there that are abstinence only, we do not use any fear tactics, shaming techniques. We do not give students misinformation. We are always going to make sure that we give them objective information that is accurate and also age appropriate and that can help them. At what age do you recommend parents start having these types of conversations with their children? So actually as soon as a kid starts learning to talk, you can start having these conversations. Um, I'm not saying, oh, when your 18 month old is starting to talk, like this is when you tell them the birds and the bees. It's more that you can teach them the correct names to their reproductive anatomy, right? When we're talking to our kids about, you know, where our nose is or our eyes or point to your knee. We can also be talking about private parts, you know, especially when it's bath time or you're changing them or putting on pajamas. Also, you want to avoid using any kind of cutesy nicknames. This kind of sends the message that genitals are maybe shameful or you shouldn't be talking about them. Also, when, you know, kids start being around other kids, that's when we start teaching our kid about respecting other people. So respecting their personal space, respecting their bodies and their things. And these things can really lay the groundwork for healthy sexuality and relationships later on. So talking with your kid about sex is a lifelong conversation. So doing it a little bit at a time instead of having the talk really can take the pressure off you as the parent 
but it also helps your kid process your values and information over time. And just like, you know, kids learn math in different parts and stages that build off from the previous year, so does sexual health. And you know, if you are having regular conversations about sexual health, this also sends the message that these topics are important enough to keep bringing up and are a normal part of life. How should parents approach the topic of consent and setting boundaries? And how does that conversation change as children get older? The consent conversation is another thing that starts really young and goes on. So, you know, we can actually be teaching our kids consent without even realizing it. We tell our kids, you can't hit someone. You can't just start poking someone, you know, without their permission. Uh, we also reinforce our own kids' practice of giving or not giving consent. So, for example, you know, if I have some family over and maybe um, we're having a nice time and then, you know, things are wrapping up and people are leaving and maybe a relative wants to give my daughter a hug. But maybe it looks like my daughter doesn't want to give that person a hug. Maybe they're actually saying no. So I need to make sure that that relative respects their request. And I can also help her, you know, negotiate what she wants to do. You know, say, well, what about a high five or a wave goodbye? So that's also reinforcing their skills and letting them know that they're in charge of their own body. As kids grow up, they're going to be spending a lot of time in schools with other people and they're going to be having lots of new experiences. So this is definitely the time that you want to talk to them about what is inappropriate touching because that's really important to let them know and then also to teach them not to do it to other people. And then you want to have, you know, a discussion about who are trusted adults that your child could go to if something is going on that's making them feel uncomfortable. Of course, you should be a go-to person, but you're not going to be with them all the time. So making sure that they already know that, that they don't even have to think about it. They can just go to that person. As kids, you know, approach adolescence, they are undergoing and they're experiencing lots of changes, physically and emotionally, lots of mood swings too. Um, but they're becoming more and more independent at this time. And they can experience a lot of peer pressure, especially when it comes to inappropriate touching. So some behaviors might look like someone slapping someone's butt while they're past them in the hall during school, or pulling someone's bra from behind so it snaps or tapping or touching someone's genitals, a lot of kids feel pressured to just ignore it and act like it's meaningless. But we need to teach our kids that this behavior is unacceptable, right? Because essentially this is sexual harassment. Right. And if we don't point it out now or why it's happening, it could just keep continuing in the future um, as they grow older. Now, during high school, many kids do start dating. That's totally normal. You don't have to freak out. That does not mean that they're going to start having sex. But this is the time that we should build off what we've already taught them about consent and also talk a lot about boundaries and expectations. Consent, we, we always think it's really black and white, but there is a lot of grayness in there and things can get a little blurry. So talking to your, your teen about this and what things could occur that might you know, kind of change their attitudes or belief about what consent is. So if someone's been dating for a long time and someone's pressuring the other person to engage in sex, that person should not be having their boundaries 
disrespected. And so we're preparing our, our teens for that and can kind of build up their confidence. That can also help them to stand up for themselves. Also talking about how alcohol or drugs can influence consent, how silence isn't consent, and how consent is ongoing and needed for everything. So that's including kissing or holding hands, uh, things like that. Boundaries go beyond just like a physical one. There's also the emotional kind and digital. So emotional ones might be, you know, if you tell your partner something really important to them or private, we should expect that our partner, you know, does not share that information with other people, right? Or if we send a picture to our partner, they should not go and post that on social media without getting consent from us. And that also means that we have to model that behavior. Just because I think what my daughter said to me was really cute or I have this cute picture of her, I can't just put it on social media. You're going to want to get permission from them first. Uh, just like I would want the same for me, right? I don't want my mom posting things about my grades or maybe an embarrassing story or that I got my first period, right? Um, and we're seeing parents do this on Facebook and it's like you're you're totally crossing your kids' boundaries. Yeah. And, you know, when we ask them, you know, hey, is it okay if I, I post this? And they say, no, we have to respect that, right? Because mm -hmm. that's how we're going to want them to be in their future relationships. Why is it important for parents to discuss comprehensive sexual health and making healthy choices with their children? Research tells us that kids and teens who have regular conversations with their parents and caregivers about sex and relationships are less likely to take risks with their sexual health and are more likely to be healthy and safe. And actually the most consistent finding is that teens say parents are the greatest influence on their decision about sex. So yes, it may be uncomfortable to have these conversations, but it is so, so valuable. Kids and teens are very curious about bodies and sex, especially as they go through lots of changes um, and pressures from their peers. So they're gonna have questions. So if they don't think that they can go to you for their questions about sex, they're going to go to Google or go to their friends for those answers. And, you know, if you are kind of setting up this relationship or this foundation that you are a trusted person that they can go to um, for accurate information, they're going to go to you for other things not just about sex. So that's really good that if they can come to you for bullying or problems with friends or problems with schools or drugs or alcohol. Um, so keeping that door open. We want to reframe how we talk about sex with our kids too. So a lot of people just say like, this is what sex is. Don't do it. Don't get an STD. Don't get someone pregnant. But you know, Sexual health is way more than just sex behaviors, right? Sexuality has a lot of things that are involved with self-image, gender identity, communication, relationships, expression, and values. So if you're coming from a place that's a little bit more on the positive side, I think kids are going to be more willing to come to you as well. We know kids and teens still have not fully developed the capacity for making the best choices. So many times they kind of need some guidance or maybe just someone to bounce their ideas off of or talk about their feelings with. So you can always help your kid navigate things and, um, you know, having 
tough choices out there and this can also help when values and behaviors maybe aren't matching. So being able to be that support person for them um, is really beneficial. And you know, we really don't wanna rely on our schools to teach sex ed or um, values. It's all different and it's really just up to that individual teacher. So you are gonna be the best person for them to get that information. If a parent is able to have these conversations and open up dialogue with their child or a teenager and they realize that their child is exhibiting unsafe behaviors or practicing unsafe behaviors, how can they help steer their child in the healthy direction without being judgmental? I think just asking why, what okay. what's going on. So if you find out that they're doing something that isn't safe or maybe that doesn't align with your values before getting into, you know, punishment and getting mad at them, kind of understand them, right? Ask them what's going on. Um, maybe there's some things that are happening that you're unaware of. Maybe they don't know um, that what they're doing is not okay. And, you know, you can be that support person to, to guide them to make good decisions. And you guys can come up with solutions together. Parents, they want the best for their children. They want them to be safe. And so there's that, like, we're going to go back to that fear when you see your child doing something that should connect to their brain, that this isn't safe and it's not connecting to them. You have to take a step back and look at the, what they're doing. How, why are they doing it? Like Julie said, we need mm -hmm. to understand the basics to these choices. And so that's why our program is called Healthy Bodies, Healthy Futures, because these choices are important. And so if you don't get to understand why they're making these risky behavior choices, you're not going to reach them. You're not going to understand it. If you're thinking they're doing it just because they want to rebel, you know, um, that's not the case. Why are they trying to do that? Are you not listening to them? Do you shut them down when they bring up important topics? Did you accidentally let respond with emotions instead of with a clear mindset and trying to be positive? Because those things shut your kids down and that's what causes them to not talk to you. And so having that open conversation, that table where anything's out in the open and you respond with empathy and critical thinking instead of emotions, then your children are going to respect you way more and your opinions. Because to be honest, parents haven't had comprehensive sex education in how many years? <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, if they um, got so it at all, a lot of parents didn't get the comprehensive stuff. They just got mm -hmm. the, you know, the straightforward tell you what to do type of thing. So you're right. Exactly. And it's evolved. And that's the thing. Parents are stuck. Like I know, like personally, my father does not understand any of this that I do because when he was growing up, he had this, this, and this, and that's all you did. And we're like, mm -hmm. no, it's way more expansive now. We're opening up all <laughs> these discussions and it's, it's overwhelming. And I think that's what most parents are scared of is all mm -hmm. the new information and I guess feeling like they're not as smart as their kids. Right. And actually, I just finished this really great book. It's not about sex, although they do talk about it, um, but it's called How to Talk So Teens Will Listen and Listen So Teens Will Talk by Adele Faber. It was really great and really helpful on how to kind of rebuild a relationship um, with your kid that mm -hmm. um, isn't, you know, battles or fighting or punishments. And it, it it's really awesome. I even thought, like, wow, you know, when I was a kid, I wish my mom would have said this to me this way instead. 
um, because I know what she's, you know, was thinking now that I'm a parent. Um, but at the time, my teenage brain would just go into defense mode, right? And then it was, well, how can I get away with it? Versus how can I talk to my mom about this because I'm feeling uncomfortable? That sounds like a very helpful tool. Ashley, what other resources do you recommend for parents? As a parent, you need to know, is my communication style what my children, my child or children are going to understand? Is that how they learn? So that's something parents need to look at when they're looking up resources. But the best resource that I have found personally is at this website that's called talkwithyourkids.org. And it lays out a beautiful timeline and the ages of the topics that you can talk with your children about. And it helps you as an educator and as a parent on the verbs and the words that you have to say to get your children to understand um, the content you're trying to teach them because it's, it's not trying to shame them. You're trying to educate them to be the best them, right? You need to educate them on how to keep them safe and how to keep them healthy. That's a really good resource to look into and I urge everyone who is a parent to look at it um, or who is just interested in knowing what should be appropriate for what age. Some students are more advanced than most. So even though your child is probably in second grade, but reading at the sixth grade reading level, maybe you can give them a little more leeway and give them a little more harder discussions to talk about. So you can just base it off of your child. And I think that's something parents need to reflect into when they're communicating with them. There's also amaze.org that has really great videos that are kind of cute and witty. Um, they're mostly focused on the younger age group, but the underlying message you can also give to um, your older children or students. And then there's kids-ask.org that you can go to. But I think the majority of what parents are scared of is that they don't know sex ed as well as they thought they did. They don't mm -hmm. know their body parts. They don't know how to communicate. And so the fear comes out when they're trying to communicate with their children and it becomes a very high energy conversation instead of something that is just like you can talk at the dinner table with. So I think if parents were more educated themselves on the basics of comprehensive sex education, that fear would be taken out and conversations can happen more naturally and organically. So Planned Parenthood has really good like back to basic um, presentations that you can look into knowing the ins and outs of your biological um, genital parts and like the exact resources that they offer. And then I also have two books that I personally have been reading and I think is really informative for people to understand society's views on the gender roles or the parts that go with being a male or a female. And I don't mean like gender roles, like, you know, like that's what boys and girls have to do. But as a society, they want to push those gender roles onto them. And so these two books called Girls and Sex and Boys and Sex by Peggy Orenstein really break down those barriers to get people to talk about, okay, so this is what's going on with the children in this society and the parents don't know it. So I think it's a really good look into their life, into understanding how they think and how they feel. For more information and to learn about our telehealth services, please visit www.centero.org.